This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Our new edition of the Winning Plays Podcast, back yet again. My name is Brian Robb, joined by the one and only Sweet Tirada of MassLive.com. Here today on the Winning Plays Pod, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Head on over to FanDuel.com slash Boston. And Suichi, we are in, I don't know if this is going to be the most boring first round series in NBA <laughs> history, but it certainly has a case for it to be at least this year based on what was a pretty impressive beatdown in game one. We've had two days to kind of do about it now and heading into game two. And so mm-hmm. I guess we'll start here. What? Are, are we going to get how many interesting games are we actually going to get in this series at this point? Do you feel like? I think we'll get two. I think uh, games three and four will be interesting. I think game two might be like fake interesting, where it's like kind of <laughs> like game one, where it's like a 13 point game, with like six to go, and they're like, well, they hit a few threes kind of deal. Um, but yeah, be up. I think this might be the most boring series, though. I'll, well, it is only game one, obviously, so who knows, you know? It is the NBA, but like even like Timberwolves Nuggets last night, like I was watching it and I was about to turn it off, but then like that whole like fracas or whatever, the little little scuffle happens, uh, and I was like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting. Uh, I kind of want to keep watching just for that, and then nothing really happened, but I was like, okay, Celtics Hawks didn't even have that, so but yeah, I, I really think like I think Atlanta will have a little bit more juice at home, but I don't think you know maybe they still game four and it goes five games, but. I don't, the interesting barometer is very low, which is, uh, I think, what everybody expected coming into this one. Yeah, it's just the, you know, when, when Trey Young is your best player in the playoffs, I know this team went to the conference <laughs> finals a couple of years ago, but that against a team like the Celtics that just can hunt him relentlessly, whoever he's hurting, <laughs> um, that's a pretty rough place to start. And then when you throw on the other side of the coin that he's just not playing well offensively, against mm-hmm. the Celtics size period um, that is a recipe for a disaster for an Atlanta team that, you know, they have some players, they have some depth. Um, they're going to hit the boards hard like they did in the second half, but you just need, you need Trey young to start playing out of his mind. And I just, I, I don't know if he has mm-hmm. that in him against this team. Yeah. And I mean, obviously right. The thing with Trey is that you need to be good, be good offensively or else like, why are you on the floor? Uh, and I thought it was kind of interesting to be Rob. Like, Tatum went at DeJounte Murray a few times. Like, DeJounte had yeah. a better game. It's not like he was efficient. Like, he had, what, 24 and 8, but shot 10 for 25. But, like, Tatum saw DeJounte and was like, all right, you know, like, this is fine, too. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be Trey Young. So, it's just, you know, when your backcourt is just, you know, just kind of getting, you know, uh, beat like that and, like, the rim protection was, was pretty spread out with Capella and everything, like, I think I, I like, leaned over to it and I it was something like 14 or 16 points to start the game or all points in the paint. And they were just getting easy layups, getting to the paint so easily. And it was just kind of like, oh, like this is this is what it's like six minutes into the game. And you could just kind of feel like there was teetering on the edge. So, but yeah, that's the thing about Trey Young. Biro, we talked about it. Like he had a funny quote today where he was like, Celtics fans are nicer than Knicks fans. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. I just think you antagonized yourself in Madison Square Garden a few years ago with like playing well, or, like hitting a game winner game one and like, you know, you were, like, really getting to with the crowd. Like, if you do the same thing with Celtics fans, like, they will, you know, they'll show you the hate, too, as we saw last year with Tyree, Draymond, even a little Grace and Allen. So I was like, Trey, like, I don't – I just don't think it's necessarily Celtics fans are nicer, and I don't think they want to be known as nicer. I just simply think, like, you can't – you know, you're not beating Marcus Smart and Derek White as consistently just because his defense can, can shut you down pretty, pretty consistently, it seems. No question. It's – he's going to play better. At least offensively, because mm-hmm. he can he literally can't play worse. Um, but 
you're right. Like there's just this is as tough of as a backcourt to go up against for him, and there are very few holes in this team defensively, and that's really probably the one of the bigger questions I had coming into the playoffs. This group is like what level they could get to defensively. And mm. Atlanta, when they we have it going, that's it's a lot of guys that can put up points there. But it seemed like um, that was a area that was top down was consistent as hell. Like whether it was the end of quarter letdowns, whether it was hustling back into plays. Um, mm. Marcus Smart, obviously, which you wrote about, like really stepped his game up. But the the level of defensively that we're the defense can really carry this team. We're kind of that level at this point. Um, at least against this level of competition. Yeah, and I guess the one thing I will be curious to see game two is if the Hawks can shoot better. Uh, they only shot five or 29, 17.2%. 17. So, you know, even if they shot 33, I don't think it's necessarily a close game because I mean, it was a 30-point game at halftime. But that can put a little bit of uh, pressure, I think. I mean, the Jonathan Murray went 0 for 6. Bogdanovich went 2 for 7. Trey went 1 for 5. Like, I think those guys are going to shoot better, especially at home, like I mentioned in game three and four. But like you mentioned, B-Rob, like this defense, I mean, I was so impressed with Rob Williams in game one, just because like, I feel like last year, right, he was just like everywhere, you know, he made an all defensive team and he, he earned that and he, and he got hurt late in the year, but he was available for most of the year. But this, I feel like you could kind of see the switch turn on, obviously for the whole team, but with Rob, you, like immediately he checks in, obviously Derek White is starting. The moment Rob checks in, you're like, oh, there he is in an offensive rebound, there he is for another lob, and it was, you know, there were at least, like, I feel like two or three lobs in game one where you could just see it coming, you know, when, like, Trey Young was off and you're like, okay, well, they're going to throw that up to him. Trey's not really guarding him. So I, I just think when Rob is unlocked like that, like he was in game one, like the Celtics defense is whole again, and you're going to see a little bit more of that defense from last year, especially with Marcus, like you mentioned, playing as well as he did in game one. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of fair to have Rob Williams just coming off the bench. Like, <laughs> you just look at the, Little bigs, and not that they like. I mean, Atlanta has a pair of good bigs with Okongwu and, and Capella themselves. But when you have mm-hmm. a guy like that with the the starting level that the Celtics have, period, that's just can really you know help break open a game, which it did. Like in 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 the second in the first half of um, game one, there just with his his energy, with his with his presence, like the block to grabbing the ball situation was one of the most <laughs> ridiculous things I've seen this season period mm-hmm. and yeah if he can again you we haven't seen rob williams healthy in the playoffs for like three plus years now essentially mm-hmm. last year he was on one leg for most of that the year before that he only lasted two games against mm-hmm. the brooklyn Nets. that crazy yeah that crazy after i went blocking like 10 was. games i know that was insane yeah <laughs> so now we have now we see it and you're like oh yeah this is this helps this helps the playoffs at this level this is a a pretty big difference here so I guess the other interesting thing I want to get on your two cents on here before we kind of zoom out on the NBA playoffs as a whole here is the uh, is Sam Hauser over Grant Williams mm-hmm. in game one. Not didn't really do anything crazy. Was over two from the field, only 11 minutes plus mm-hmm. six overall. Uh, did you like that move? Do you see Joe sticking with that as we get into this? As this series gets deeper here. What do you what's your read on? Uh, where the rotation's at and, and Sam Hauser being getting the nod over what most people thought would be a Grant Williams uh, spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I like it just because, like, realistically, like, you're going to play Grant against the Sixers and the Bucks. Like, he's he's a good matchup against Embiid. He's a good matchup against Giannis as well as you can be. And he, he showed that. Obviously, he was very big in the Milwaukee series last year. 
I like it just because, like, you know, like, Grant's not necessarily, I feel like, the best matchup. Like, I feel like we talked about this during the game a little bit, but it's just, like, he he doesn't necessarily, like, his three-point shooting is obviously a plus, but, like, you can just put Santa up there and, and, and like, I feel like throughout the season, and you will see this a little bit more, like, Sam's going to get, you know, like, picked on a little bit defensively, and Trey, I think, tried to do that on at least one or two possessions, and you... Not to say like it's a good thing. I'm not gonna say like Sam Houser is like this great defender, but like he's got size and he's got like he can at least kind of stay in front of his man. So I personally liked it. Um, just kind of changing it up and like realistically, I think he just try to keep Grant fresh for the next two rounds just because like he's gonna take a beating. Um, you know, like we're seeing. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more, but like I thought it was pretty important for this. Not important, but like it was nice for the Celtics to miss the Heat just because like that's just gonna be a really physically grinding. As we see already uh, for the Bucks, and the South kind of got to miss that. And so keeping a guy like Grant fresh, and I'm sure he'll get some little minutes here and there uh, down the line, especially the Celtics keep pulling out the Hawks. But for the most part, I liked it. Um, I assume Grant is kind of uh, – he's going to be cool with it like he has been throughout the season. But, uh, you know, I just think saving him for the next two rounds is probably the, the move here. Yeah, especially if he is, I mean, he was talking about that elbow arm situation kind of bothering him, mm-hmm. you know, around the All-Star break. And his numbers in the last month just weren't, they weren't very good, like shooting wise, mm-hmm. whatever. So I think it's a good point of view, like just getting, if there is any type of um, ailment there, like getting, resting that up now, as opposed to doing any more damage in terms of before when the team really needs them. Um, that's a, you know, pretty good strategic play by Joe. And I just don't mind seeing like what do you have in Hauser for the playoffs. I think that's an mm-hmm. important thing to to try to figure out right now. Um, you know, you're not gonna, you know, it's you need a bigger sample size than just one game here. But this is probably the perfect opponent to kind of like check that out against. Mm-hmm. In terms of like you said, he's not he can kind of hold his own defensively against most of the guys on this team, and this is a team you can beat up on from an offensive standpoint if you just space them out and let mm-hmm. Tatum and Brown get runways to the paint. So. Yeah, I, I expect I'd be shocked if Joe really like changes this up until they like lose a game in the series because like why why not at this point? Yeah, and I just think just real quick on Sam, it's, just, it's good for him to get the playoff experience now. You know, like it was like this year was really kind of I talked about it with him a little bit, but like it, it was kind of like a rookie year for him in the sense like he was up with the team the whole time. Like obviously he was a two way player, um his his true rookie season. So I think just getting him even eleven minutes of playoff experience I think is good and. The speed of the game, obviously, the physicality of the game is so different. And uh, just to see how he is, you know, maybe a little bit of a confidence boost uh, that doesn't hurt for, you know, a guy who's only 25 years old. No question. So, all right. We did 10 minutes on the series there. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough until we get, I mean, hopefully we get something. There's a squabble in game two. Hopefully there's some kind of action here <laughs> to spice things up. But unlike the the series, the rest of the NBA playoffs is like, wow. Like, what a weekend. Mm-hmm. What a start. And a lot of it with some potentially direct bearing on the Celtics. And we do have to start. I mean, you mentioned it briefly. The Bucks heat situation. Mm-hmm. The Heat coming out, shooting the absolute lights out to win by double digits in Milwaukee. The bigger story, Giannis goes down with a back injury that everyone is, like, moaning about with this horrible charge block thing. Like, all right, uh, we're not, we're not going to go there because, like, that's just dumb. Mm-hmm. Dumb to talk about that now. But the Giannis factor here in the series, I guess we'll start here. Do you think he's back for game two? And what, like, should the Bucks be scared at all in this series now? Or is that, was this just a, a game one fluke that they've, you know, they've, they've had trouble before in game ones and have, you know, railroaded teams mm-hmm. afterwards in the, in the playoffs? Yeah. I don't know if the Bucks should be 
scared, I guess, of the Heat. I think they should be like a little bit worried, especially with like Giannis. But I just don't think the Heat are going to hit sixty percent. I mean, we saw the same team. You know, like they were struggling against Atlanta and Chicago. And to be oh, fair, yeah. Chicago is a very good defense. Yeah, but it's just like you like this Hawks defense, as we saw in uh, game one against the Celtics. Like it's not, and the stats show it. Like they're not necessarily the greatest defensive team, and the Hawks just. He was struggling with that same team at home and, you know, a win and get in the playoff tournament. It wasn't like an elimination game like it was against Chicago, but, like, they also almost blew that against the Bulls as well. So I think – and I'm not I'm not going to go as far as to say even, like, scared. Uh, I guess maybe a little bit worried just because of the Giannis thing. I think the Bucks are good, you know, and I'm sure they are, like, much more scared of the fact that, like, Giannis might be just dealing with this the rest of the way, right? Like, you just – I don't know. But, like, back contusions and all that kind of stuff, like – that just affects so much of what you do and just your comfort and everything. And especially for a guy like he's so physical, you know, and I, just like I said, B-Rob, like you just don't want those things. And, and you know, when Brown won game one, starts like slowly pile up. Right. And and so I think that's like the biggest advantage, right? Like no matter what team you're going to play, it's going to be super grindy. It's the playoffs. It's going to be more physical than the regular season, but just he like, you know, like we saw in the East finals, like they'll beat you up. And, and I'm sure like some fans don't like that and everything, but it's just, Missing them was good, but I think for the Bucs, it's just get through this round, try to keep Giannis healthy. Um, and, you know, I still think they will get through the round. But, you know, I saw a lot of Celtics fans being like, I don't want Jimmy Jimmy Buckets. I don't want the Heat in the first round. A lot of people were kind of dismissive of that. But, like, this is, the, this is the NBA playoffs. Like, you never know what happens. Like, your star MVP caliber player goes down and kind of the like the whole situation for the playoffs kind of changes in that moment. So I think uh, just to put up on I just – not worried. Uh, just a little. Sorry, just a little bit worried, but we'll see. Uh, and especially Giannis is back. It seems like it'll be okay. But if that's a lingering thing against the Celtics and against how physical that's going to be against like Grant Williams and Al Horford, like I wouldn't feel necessarily good about that. You know, even in a month after he plays, you know, a first, a whole first round, hopefully a whole second round, and going and going from there to the East Finals. Yeah, it's hard to just see it going away at all in the playoffs. Like if, if it's bad enough to get you out of the game. Then like mm-hmm. that's that's gonna linger. It's only gonna be like your odds of reaggravating again are pretty high, I think. What you think with the type of beating you get? But for me, it, this is really fascinating from the, the Bucks perspective. For the now against the Heat, it's like okay, yeah, you would ideally want to be cautious with Giannis here to like in thinking mm-hmm. that be like okay, we don't want this to really limit him down the line here. But at the same time, it's like are the Bucks without Giannis like? Is that going to be, is that a safe bet at this point? Like against the Heat, mm. like there, there's some tough matchups there. And yeah, the Heat aren't going to shoot like that every night, but Jimmy Butler is probably the best player in that series if Giannis, Giannis isn't there. So that, yep. it'll be interesting to see how they kind of play that heading into game two. Um, because we know, I mean, this is a different Miami team, but this is a Miami team in the past that have had the Bucks number as far as like the main mm. players involved. So that's... Yeah. uh. It's it's a it's a little hairy situation for the I think the training staff in terms of how they want to deal with their their top guy. Yeah, and just to add to that, like Drew is not necessarily like I I'm a huge Drew Holiday fan in terms of how he plays, great two way player, but like he's not a guy you want carrying that offense. And like no. the Chris Middleton factor, you know, like he hasn't been healthy all year. Like you don't want him being like the number one option against this Heat defense just immediately, you know, round one and everything. Like. We're talking about wearing down Giannis, like that could wear down the other two stars too, and then you go from there uh, down the line. So it's just precarious times, kind of interesting times. I I wrote about it on Mass Life, like the Celtics have the best title odds now uh, of all NBA teams, like they passed the Bucks, and I think rightfully so right now because of Giannis's injury. Yeah, it's kind of nuts how 
that can just change in one game and for an injury that mm -hmm. may be minor, but that's, I guess that shows you how close those teams are and what, what little can sway the, the betting public at this point. But all right up on this, I mean, at the rest of the weekend here, what we've had a lot of entertaining series, like what, what, what was your bigger surprise or what, what do you have your eye on the most either conference here? I mean, there's a lot of, there's oh, a man, lot going on both lot, ways man. right now, but what's, 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 uh, what's tickling your fancy <laughs> the most here? Man, Rapid Fire, Warriors, Kings. I'm so excited to watch, continue yeah. watching that series. That's just that such so a fun series. Fun. That was awesome, especially because, like, the Kings aren't necessarily the best defensively, obviously. But, like, they're, they're going to keep running, right? Like, that triple overtime game against the Clippers, like, like this this team has a good identity. There's so much fun to watch. And, like, Savon, it's even play great. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think Lakers, Grizzlies is going to be really good. Dabri uh, Hachimura, he had a great game. Austin Reeves is fun. Um, I guess the not necessarily the biggest surprise to me, but like Knicks Cavs. I thought the Cavs were kind of like uh, you know, I don't I don't think it was gonna even be like a four or five game series, but I thought they were gonna, I guess like kind of wanted to make a statement out here. But then I kind of thought about it, B Rob, and it's just like there aren't that many guys on this Cleveland roster who have like extended playoff experience. It's pretty much like just Donovan Mitchell, right? So it's just kind of like I think that's that's kind of an important factor, right? And I'm not saying, like, the Knicks are necessarily the most season, but, like, Jalen Brunson's played, you know, West Finals last year. Like, they were pretty – like, they were good two seasons ago in that first-round series, I'm sure, left a sour taste in their mouth against this Atlanta team, as we talked about. Um, so I, I, I kind of lean Cleveland going that way, but I think New York can kind of come out of that. And, like, I mean, it's 101 to 97 being around. Like, that is another physical series, you know? And, like, whoever comes out of that, like, the Bucks, like, I think the idea – of the number one seed, obviously, was, was you know, the second round would be relatively easier. Um, but, like, you know, who knows? Who knows, I guess. I'm not going to say, like, the Cavs are, or Knicks are, are as good as, you know, going up against the Sixers or anything. But, like, that's that's not going to be a cakewalk either. I, I'm All these series in the middle, like, both conferences, like, I'm so excited to watch them just because I think they're going to be super fun as they have already have been. Yeah, it's – you could see three, four series easily going seven games with the way mm. these games once have played out. And yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the, the, the Knicks just look like the deeper team in game one, like the, the Cavs have the mm -hmm. more top end talent, but like the, they don't have the fifth guy for crunch time and the Knicks have the more savvy players there, but um, I, and I still can't get over it. We even talk about like the Suns Clippers, like how crazy that series oh, is going to be too. Oh. Like this is like <laughs> yeah. the Westbrook factor there, but <laughs> It's going to be, it's good because I think we're going to have some time on our hands here. I think we're going to have an extra week <laughs> to like watch all these other series and, and scout all these other teams while the, the Celtics take care of business in five, maybe six games at the, at the most if we're, um, if we're going to have to guess here. But yeah, it's going to be a fun ride. And I mean, the Western Conference like looked wide open going into it. And now with the way these mm -hmm. first two games have gone this weekend, um, it can get to, you know, Still, nothing is settled more than ever, I feel like. Yeah, and, and just a quick add, like, I was pretty impressed with the Nuggets just taking care of business. Like, it wasn't, yep. you know, the rules aren't great or anything, but, like, you know, it's like, the Heat just beat the Bucks. I feel like there's a little bit of, like, this, like, first four factor in NCAA tournament, like, a team, you know, they're coming off a win, kind of feel good. Um, we've seen that a little bit, I think, the Grizzlies, uh, when they upset the Warriors in the playing tournament, they came in, and uh, I believe it was Utah, won game one and stuff like that. So just... Right taking care of business at home and like a game that was pretty much not close uh much like the Celtics I thought that was I thought that was impressive you know like I feel like Denver I think they have like the fourth or fifth best title laws behind Phoenix 
Um, and even Philly, and it's just kind of like they're kind of a little bit forgotten, but they are the number one seed. Uh, I I love Jokic's game; like he's a back-to-back MVP for a reason. And uh, I think uh, I think they're they're a little bit slept on, but who knows, right? Like the number one seed in the West seems like a curse the last few years. So we'll see if uh, that that follows into the second round. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we keep an eye on that. We'll be keeping an eye on all these series. All. Postseason long here at the Winning Plays Pod. Make sure you're following Suichi on Twitter at Suichi Tirada, S O U I C H I Tirada. Um, check us both out on Mass Live. We'll be cranking things out all series long on these series, as well as what's left with Celtics Hawks. And rate, review, subscribe, <laughs> as always. And that's it, guys. Well, game two, here we come. And then down to Atlanta for. A homecoming for Jalen Brown. What's he? Yeah, what? What's we'll wrap up in this. How many points does Jalen score in uh, Atlanta this weekend? What's, what's uh, the show down there? Total. Yeah, give me total. That'll be that'll make it even more interesting. Total. Uh, I go we'll go seventy, like a forty-point game and a thirty-point game. I think. I think. Uh, that might be a little bit high. Yeah, seventy's fine. <laughs> we'll hope yeah, that. We'll hope that cuts you up by then. But no, he did. He did twenty-nine. <laughs> we'll break it up, and so yeah, uh, that's I, true. I believe seventy. Yeah, no, I could see it, especially if it kind of gets in the shootout when, uh, if the Hawks are hitting their threes. Once again, they're a good offense, uh, so they could definitely uh, get hot for at least one game, so we'll see. All right, we'll see what they, if they can put up a fight, makes things interesting here in the next week, and we'll be back uh, later this week to break it all down.